Hey men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. I feel like you're waiting on me to see what I'm going to say. You just laid out on this one. That's not even... I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming coming back. Yeah. Jamaican? (laughs) I mean, that's fair. That's a a good guess. If I say yeah, my... Yeah, man, maybe, but I just said yeah. Just yeah. Man, you Indonesian. <laughs> I'm just gonna offend everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will give you one more shot. It's uh Norwegian. Yeah, you're you're going way too far. It's it's Greek. Greek. Just Greek. Why? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's it's you only say that if somebody is family or or a close friend to you. That's the informal way to say it. So let's see the respect that I have for you. I didn't give you the formal. Wait a minute. Hold on. Greek doesn't have a Y. Huh? Greek doesn't have a Y. It's look at it. It's yeah. I'm I'm questioning everything I know about Koine Greek now. Huh? No. This is this is common Greek today. That's not okay. Koine. So Koine, you know what Koine means, right? Yes. What does it mean? Common Greek. <laughs> but I mean, no. To, but this to, is today Greek. That's what I mean. I mean today Greek, not biblical. Not biblical uh, Greek. So they added yeah. a letter into Greek today. Well, yeah. you just taught me something. I did not new, know that. New Greek. What would I say yeah. today? Today's today's Greek. Let's just yeah. go there. You know what today's significant for though? Wow, we we talked it. about days that are significant last yeah. week. Today is actually. I mean, as far as a non-religious day... Let's just... Oh, wait, okay. I thought I was going to say, coming from a pastor, I'm excited wait, no, to no, hear no, no, about no. this. As far as a non-religious day okay. and, a, and a non-family day, like birthdays, anniversaries, today is the most significant day on the calendar. Wow. wow. More important than any other day that exists out Yikes. there. Yikes. What is coming up And he, you know why? I'm scared to know. It's opening day for, for baseball. Oh, baseball. That's, that's it is opening day for God's sport for baseball. <laughs> And this is the greatest day. God's and I sport. I am like I'm giddy about this. Man, I, like I see. I see. I just see it all I, over your face. I've right got now. my MLB TV subscription. I'm ready to go. I'm going to watch and it's just it's the greatest thing. I can put on a baseball game and be productive in the background and it's like this is better than so many other things. Tell me, you just said, are you, is the, the baseball game in the background or is it at the forefront? Depends on who's playing. Else? Okay, okay. I'll, but I'll be in my office, and if I'm working on like studying or whatever, <laughs> I'll just throw on two random teams in the background and work to that soundtrack. That's going to be great. Somebody's going to pass by your office like, Pastor PJ's in deep study right now. Don't bother him. He's right. busy. Right. And you're just right. watching. Opening well, God's game. a baseball fan. We all know that. Who's his team? Well, it, the Bible starts. In fact... The Bible starts in Genesis 1 and then also in, in John 1 in the, in the big inning, right? There you go, dads. You can take that one home to your sons free of charge. It's for you. Wow. But today's wow. significant because it's opening day. It's also significant because Kellen's seeing a little bit more clearly. Yeah, I am. I Why don't you almost... share with the, uh, the listeners what happened to you recently? So I got a LASIK surgery this, uh, this past week, and it was um, something that I, I should have got done a long time ago because the fact that it took five minutes, if that, for my vision to go from just not good to I can just see clearly. That's the technical, that's the technical jargon. That I can see clearly. No, I'm not. I just did, but I'll stop there. Yeah. But yeah, I can just see clearly. I think we have to pay for that song if you sing too much of it. So I I only say like three words. Uh, So we're good. But yeah, it's 
It's weird. But um, you have to do eye drops every day. Every day. For 30 days. Just 30 days. That's dude. where it's I'm not, out. It's not that big of a deal. No, I'll pick up my glasses and put them on you in the morning. rub your eyes more times than I Which you drops. can't do right I now. Do. You're not allowed to rub your eyes. No. This, Another reason why I'm out. This morning, I nearly panicked because I rubbed my eyes just as I woke up. I'm like, oh, I just messed it up. I just... Yeah, but it's fine. I hope it's fine. I'm yeah. Well, we'll myself. see. I mean, yeah. But right now, yeah, Basic. I can see from far away. And it's it's also a significant time though as well, not just for baseball and and LASIK, but more significant than that. More we are more uh, we are a day away from celebrating on the liturgical church calendar uh, Good Friday tomorrow, which is or today as you're listening to this, if you listen to it on the day that it drops, um, Good Friday, which is the the day that we commemorate on the church calendar. Uh, the the sacrifice of Christ on the cross for our sins, the atonement, right? That he died for us, took our place. We were sinners, our sinners. We stood guilty before a just and holy God, deserving of an infinite penalty in suffering under his full wrath and judgment in the fires of hell. And we couldn't do anything about that. We could not work our way to, to him. We could not be good enough. We could not make up for what we've done. We were helpless, hopeless, and guilty. And Good Friday marks the day that the, the Son of God, sent by the Father, who lived a perfectly just and righteous and holy life, obedient to the Lord, uh, took our place on the cross and uh, took our penalty. And he put himself between God's wrath and us and took all of it for us so that if we will uh, repent from our sins and put our trust in that work, of Christ, not in the work of ourselves, but in that work of Jesus dying for our sins, we will be forgiven and we will spend eternity with God, with him in the presence of his glory in the new heavens and new earth, uh, which is going to be just amazing. And and that's really the nuts and bolts of the gospel. But, but Kellen, it's not just that, right? Because not only is Friday Good Friday, but then on Sunday, we're going to be celebrating something it's weird to say this, but even more significant than what took place on Good Friday. And what are we celebrating on Sunday? Yeah, we're celebrating the resurrection, the resurrection from the grave. And uh, oftentimes, as we were just talking right before this podcast, is it's so easy for us to talk about everything that led up to the death, and then we stop there. But the most important thing is that he he's risen from the grave, that he defeated death, that he's overcome that, that we can have that hope to know that you know we're no longer a, a slave to, to sin. Uh, if we put our faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ and repent from our sins, as you just mentioned, we too can have that hope of one day being resurrected uh, as Christ was. And so, uh, yeah, it's just a, a great thing. And, and even as you said that, it was just a, a great explanation of the gospel. Um, and I think we all need to be more tuned up when it comes to that because this is such a significant time of the year. Uh, pretty much in, anybody that you talk to, they know about Easter, but the thing that they don't know is what does Easter represent? You know, most people think, you know, I got bunnies and chocolates and, and you know, I might go to church once a year this time in Christmas and they don't really have a true understanding of why they're going to church other than it just seems like the right thing to do. But for us as Christians, this is a great time for us to uh, sharpen our gospel presentation and be prepared to talk to people about Easter because this is one of the few times throughout the year that 
you know, we have an open invitation. I would say this and Christmas, people, it's on people's minds and they're willing to talk about it because, you know, it's again, it seems like the right thing to do. It's what our calendar revolves around. Uh, and so they're more open to it. So as Christians, this is a great time to say, all right, let me go be able to say within a minute or two minutes exactly what Easter means, exactly what the gospel is, exactly what it means that Christ was, died on the cross and was resurrected, as we talked about. And so just even hearing, hearing you just share that, it, it, it should encourage us all to say, can I explain it that clearly in, in that amount of time without having to go on for 10 minutes? Right, right. And, and the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 he says this in verses three and four. He says, for I delivered to you, to the, the church of Corinth there, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried. And now here's the problem. So many of our gospel presentations stop there. Mm-hmm. Christ died for your sins so that you can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, verse four, and then here it is, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And yeah, Kellen, you're right. Without that, man, his death is ultimately powerless. And that's where the apostle Paul goes later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says this in verse 14. He says, if Christ has not been raised, if the resurrection did not happen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ doesn't raise from the dead, if, if the tomb is not empty, then the cross is powerless yeah. because the sacrifice hasn't been accepted. Jesus coming out of the grave, Jesus rising from the dead is God's stamp of approval on that payment that he made. It's his stamp saying, look, I've accepted this and it's, it's paid in full. And, and Jesus coming out of, of the grave is, is further evidence of his own sinlessness. Mm-hmm. Because if he didn't come out of the grave, what that means is, man, he had a sin of, of his own that he had to pay for. He couldn't pay for ours. But death couldn't hold him because Jesus himself was without sin. And so he rises from the day, grave. He walks out, and now our faith is not in vain. Right. Yeah, and that, that makes that's what makes Christianity different from any, any other religion that we have. You, you look at uh, Islam, you know, Muhammad... You, you pull up his tomb, I'm sure his, his body is, uh, is, is gone now, but uh, the body is there. They know it's there, and he's dead. There's, there's nothing there. Christ, w- he, he overcame death. He did something that we could never do, that anybody could ever do, and uh, it, it's, it's vitally important that that gets brought up in our conversations. And it, it makes, you know, again, we were talking about just why, why we don't do that, and I think one of the reasons is, that's where it starts to get a little, if you want to say, weird for Christ, for us as Christians. We become weird to others when we say, hey, we got a God that defeated death. He rose from the grave. Well, nobody else has risen from the grave, so that's where people will be like, oh, wait a minute. I got you that he died for your sins. You know, somebody can sacrifice their life for somebody else, so that's relatable to us as human beings. But when we talk about just resurrecting from the grave, and people saw him, mm-hmm. 500 people saw him. Right. And he was he was seen. So it wasn't this, you know, where people come out and say, well, people were, you know, they were dreaming or they were hallucinating, whatever it was. No, people actually saw him and they could attest to seeing him. Um, And even when the writers wrote uh, most of the the, many of the New Testament letters, you know, there were people that could refute that. They can go back and say, no, no, that didn't happen. But that wasn't the case here. And so even for us understanding that, yeah, you're going to get people that disagree. You're going to get people that call you weird. But this is what the Bible tells us. This is why Christ is, is different. This is why Christianity is different, because he's defeated 
the grave. He's risen. Um, and we need to make sure that that's part of our conversation and be bold about that and be okay with people being like, you're weird. Because, yeah, it is weird because we can't do it. Right. And God is is far bigger than we can imagine. He can do far more than we can imagine. Right. So being bold and unapologetic about that resurrection from the grave. Right. And even if you think about Thomas, right? Thomas in the New Testament gets the the unfortunate nickname, moniker, Doubting Thomas, right? Because Thomas wasn't there to see Jesus at his first appearance after his resurrection. And even here you have Thomas, one who was one of his disciples, one who walked with him, who heard the predictions, who... Uh, knew the the teachings of the Old Testament, knew what Jesus had talked about. And here you have his closest friends that come up to him and say, Thomas, he's alive. He's alive. The tomb is empty. He's alive. We've seen Jesus. And they've they've got the excitement and the good news. And what's Thomas's response? He says, man, until I see, until I put my hands in his wounds, man, I'm not, I'm out. I'm not going to believe. And then Jesus shows up and confronts Thomas in his unbelief and says, Thomas, look here, put your hand in my side where the spear went in, put your hand in, and feel the, see the wounds on my hands. And, and Thomas sees and believes and falls at his feet and says, my Lord, my God. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, that statement that, that, you know, you believe when you see, but blessed are those who believe even though they don't see. Right. And that's what we're talking about right now is the ability. And this is, you know, this is part of what Paul talks about when he says the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing. Yeah. Um, to the lost world, for us to worship a crucified Savior, even just that right there, is nonsensical. Yeah. But then when we try to say, well, yeah, he, he was crucified, but then he rose from the dead, man, they're, they're going to be like Thomas at that point. They're saying, I'm out. I'm not going to believe that. There's no way. I can't, I, can't, I can't verify that. I can't validate that. I'm out. But there are evidences. And, and Kellen, you mentioned a couple of them, him, him showing up and appearing to 500 people. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that as the, the authors of the New Testament were writing, there were those that could have refuted these things mm-hmm. um, and, and really didn't. Uh, how about the, the disciples themselves, the, the apostles, uh, minus Judas? But then after that, the, the others, including uh, you know James, John, Peter, uh, all those guys, they, they essentially died for this belief that Jesus had risen from the dead. Yeah. You know, Peter, uh, church tradition says, was crucified upside down. And there's a point at which you may hold on to something that you know is <laughs> <Right>. a lie, <laughs> To a certain extent, right? Yeah, exactly. But when somebody's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail you to a cross right, upside a down, <laughs> and you're going to die a horrifically painful, excruciating death, right? you're going to tap out, yeah. right? Yeah. Or those that were sawn in two. Or even John. John was exiled to the island of Patmos. And, right. and let's not think Kauai. I mean, this is a, a, a barren place to be. And yet he never recanted his confidence in the resurrected Messiah. Why? Because they had seen him, and it was true, and it was real. Yeah. Yeah, and you can even look at today, uh, the fact that... You know, if you're, uh, we hope you are plugged into a church, the amount of baptisms, the amount of professions of faith that happen. And look, don't get caught up in the news because the news is looking to find every pastor. It doesn't matter who they are, what level they are, they've quote unquote fallen for the faith. Or you have this person that finally got this revelation that it's not real. For for every one person that the media is going to highlight that story, because again, they want to pull people away from Christianity as well. There's thousands of people that are coming to faith in Christ that are having their lives radically transformed. Uh, that were broken, that were hellbound, and you know, just like we we see in in the New Testament, where Peter was able to to preach the gospel, and three thousand come to Christ. Right there, there's thousands that come to Christ day in and day out, and that's going to continue, and that's not going to stop. It doesn't matter, especially us sitting here in the United States. It's like, man, it's getting bad. 
But you look at a country, even ours alone, there are plenty of people getting saved. You look at a country like Africa, like people are getting killed for their faith, but that that whole entire continent is just just rising with Christians because uh, God is still working through all of this, uh, through all the circumstances, through COVID, through any type of uh, persecution, whatever it is, his his work is still going to be fulfilled. And so just even taking a look at the testimonies that are that are there of transformed lives for the gospel, just to know the power that that Christ has to be able to to make new creations in Christ is just incredible. Yeah. And that power, that transformation, that new creation is so key for us today for as we think about, okay, so what difference should the resurrection make in our lives? As as you're listening to this men, wherever you are driving, uh, getting ready for work, uh, maybe just relaxing on the weekend, whatever you're doing, what difference does the resurrection of Jesus make to you today? You know, there's a scene in John's gospel at the end in John 21, actually right after uh, Jesus' encounter with Thomas, where Jesus has has gone away from the disciples uh, again and, and is, is appearing to other people, doing other things. We're not exactly sure exactly what is going on at that point in time, but we know what the other disciples are doing. And we find them gathered by the Sea of Galilee. And it says in, in John 21, verse 2, Simon Peter, Thomas... The, the doubting Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, right? And two other of the disciples were all together. And Simon Peter said to them in verse three, I, I'm going to go fishing. And they said to him, well, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And, and we kind of read through that and maybe we think, okay, whatever, Simon was a fisherman. But you remember Jesus' call to Simon, James, John, to, to these men was, come with me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they've watched their savior be crucified, the Messiah who they, they thought was going to be, you know, a, a, a certain type of Messiah. Now they're, they're realizing, man, this guy is totally different and so much greater, bigger, better, uh, stronger than, than anything we could have imagined. He's resurrected. He's appeared to them. And then he's not there for this brief amount of time. And what does Peter do? He says, uh, well, I guess I'll just go back to fishing now. And he gets in the boat, catches nothing. Jesus shows up and says, hey, cast it on the other side. So he does. They pull in the, this amazing haul of fish. And Peter says, wow, it's, it's Jesus and comes back. And then what does Jesus do at that point? Jesus then reminds him and reminds them of what they're supposed to be doing, of the significance of the resurrection, that they've now got a changed priority, that their identity is now no longer Peter the fisherman, but Peter the, the fisher of men, right? That Peter the, the saved, the redeemed, that, that it's, it's all about following Jesus now in his resurrected life as much as it was during his earthly life for them. And so for us and for our men, for you men listening, how are you following the resurrected Jesus today? What difference does that make? Uh, Kellen, as, as we think about our marriages, what difference does the resurrection make to my marriage? How is my marriage different because Jesus is alive than it would be if he wasn't? Yeah, one one way to look at it and one reason is the hope that we can have. Um, just in the marriage that I have with my wife today, it's like, look, I can go out and share Christ. I can go out and be all in for Christ, and my wife can do the same thing, knowing that at the end of the day, we get to spend eternity together. Um, it, it it's something that it seems you know simple and it seems easy to follow, but I got to experience this um, recently with you know a, a lady from our church that had lost her husband, and just the hope that she shared, just with the doctors and. Um, she was sharing the gospel in, the, in probably the most tragic situation of her life ever, right? And the amount of hope that she had, the amount of um, just trust that she had 
and she was going to see her husband again. And I mean, she was correcting doctors left and right. She's like, I'm sorry for your loved one. You know, this will be the final time. She's like, no, it's not. I'll see my husband again. That's uh, awesome. And so just to see someone, even in the most tragic situation, have a trust in, again, because Christ defeated the grave, he, he defeated sin, and know that we can have that hope to spend eternity because he died on the cross for our sins, and we can have that great exchange of his perfect life and be made righteous in front of a holy God. Uh, it allows our marriage to even be more connected because it's like, look, there's no expiration date. I mean, right. we're not going to be married, per se, in heaven, but we're going to be together yeah. at the end of the day. And so um, I have hope, and I can love you even more because I'm not fearing, like, okay, this is going to end, so right. you know, do I, do I have to love you more today? Do If I love you less, then I'm going to be all stressed out. What? No, it's like I'm going to love you as Christ loved the church because you know I get to be with you for eternity. That hope is is so key, and I think that's, I think that's huge with with this concept of what difference does resurrection make, and I think that's it right there. It's the hope that we have, and so men, even as you think about, uh, for instance, your um, your kids, and you think about uh, how you parent your your children, do your children see in you? the hope of the resurrection? Do they see how you are able to weather the, the storms in life because you are confident that this life is not all there is? That's what the resurrection does for us, man, is it makes this life not all there is. And that's what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 15. Look, if Christ has risen from the dead, he would go on to say, he is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Meaning if, if Christ rose from the dead, we're going to rise from the dead too. And we're going to rise to be with him. Paul would put it in Romans chapter 6. If we've been united with him in a death like his, we know that we will be united with him in a resurrection like his. He says later that he is raised from the dead in order that we might walk in newness of life. And that's such an abiding confidence that we have. Does the resurrection matter to you, man? Does it, is it making a difference in the way that you are living your life? Can people see a difference in your hope and the way that you interact with elections and politics and, you know, diagnoses and health issues and strife at home. Can they see a difference because you have an abiding hope that transcends anything in this world? Yeah. And, and this is another, when we talk about family, a great way to make sure the resurrection is, is present starting this weekend. And then even moving forward is with our kids. Uh, and I had mentioned it earlier is look, the, the world is going to plant a seed. No matter how you want to look at it, you can hold your kids in homeschool, whatever it is, the world is going to plant a seed of what Easter is, and all they're going to do is try to make it some fuzzy holiday that's just like everything else, but you get a little bit more candy, and you know it's this fun holiday that, that really is just another holiday on the calendar. It's not significant. What our job as Christian men is to make sure that our kids, our family, know exactly what Easter is, and they can they understand what the resurrection is. They understand the importance of Friday. They understand the importance of Sunday, and that it's clear to them. And, you know, there's plenty of books out there. There's plenty of little activities that you can do with your kids. Get involved this weekend and be doing something with your kids just so they they have a great understanding of why we celebrate it, why we get dressed up for Easter. It's not about going to buy new suits and, you know, wearing your nice clothes on Easter, but here's the real reason for Easter. And this is why we celebrate. And, and they need to understand Christ died on the cross for our sins. And that means for, for your kids' sins too. Um, and then he rose from the grave that when we put our faith and trust in him and repent, that we can have eternal life because of what happened on, on Easter Sunday when he rose from the grave. So don't just, you know, it's good to have it yourself, to know the gospel and be able to, 
to to say it to someone, recite it to someone, but make sure your kids know that as well because, look, they're getting... Uh, they're drinking from fire hose of worldliness when they go to school. When even this weekend, as they talk about Christmas or it's Christmas, as they talk about Easter at school. But don't let it just be this weekend, man. Let this be a springboard this weekend to what you continue to do uh, with your family, with your kids, and, and having that hope and making sure that everybody uh, sees it within your life um, and that you live it out that way as well. Yeah, and uh, one last thought, man, to, to end on here, and that is this: the the other implication for the resurrection is is that Jesus is currently alive. And you would say, well, that obviously, right? But think about what that means, men, for the lost in your life. That means that for them, they're going to have an encounter with this living Savior. Uh, and it's not going to be an encounter with him hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. It's going to be the encounter with him at the great white throne where they hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. And, and so as you think about Resurrection Sunday and the implications it has, you know, for us as followers of Jesus, man, it is a joyful celebratory time where we uh, are so thrilled and excited about this reality and the truth and all that it means for us as we've talked about the hope and everything else. But men for the world, the reality that Jesus is risen from the dead, that the tomb was empty, that has terrifying implications. And as I mentioned earlier, Jesus looked at Peter and said, you're no longer a fisherman. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So too, all of us as his followers need to go out and become fishers of men as well. And we need to do everything that we can to go to the world and say, look, Jesus is alive. And that means that in the end, he's either going to be your savior or your judge. And we would need to do everything that we possibly can, which means that we need to go with the gospel and plead with people. And like the apostle Paul, implore with people that they would be reconciled to God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ uh, so that they, when they meet Jesus, will meet him face-to-face as Savior and not face-to-face as judge. So, uh, men, don't, don't waste the resurrection. Don't waste this weekend. Don't waste uh, an, an opportunity to remember the resurrection. And yes, I, I understand, man, it's, it's important not just one day a year, but it's important all year long. Amen to that 100%. But as we take time, like Kellen was saying, this particular weekend, hopefully this concept will uh, will just breathe some new life into your passion, your vigor to, to be a hope-filled Christian who is after making other people hope-filled Christians themselves. And so we'll be praying for you towards that end this week as you strive to be quality in God.